Are you suffering from back pain? Well, I've got the thing just for you. 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain, plus 192 others just in case, volume 1, available at Amazon.com. Over 30 million Americans are suffering with back pain at this very moment. The vast majority of these cases are either caused or exacerbated by common lifestyle factors. Many of the same factors may be causing you pain right now. Join board-certified physician Andrew Kirshner as he guides you through the parts of your life where these problems occur and gives you simple, safe and effective solutions for these common daily pitfalls. In this fun and informative book, you will learn how to identify the aspects of your life which may be causing you pain, how to create a back-friendly environment, how you can improve your pain by improving your sleep, ways to make a pain-free commute, how you can perform daily activities without making your pain worse, and much more. Andrew Kirshner is so well respected in the field of back pain relief. He has you know, famous clients such as DJ Jazzy Jeff. He has done uh, many talks and lectures at universities in the UK. He has appeared on QVC demonstrating back pain relief products and that is because he is an expert in his field and people trust him. Also check out the 5 star reviews on Amazon.com. This is the book that you need if you suffer from back pain. That's 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain plus 192 others just in case volume 1 available at Amazon.com in paperback. Check the link below the show for more information. Just when you thought that there were already too many podcasts in the world. Here comes another one. Welcome, the host of Blockbusters, Bob Holmes. Who does he think he is? Come around here with his bloody podcasts. Hey kids, welcome to another episode of Pablo's Pop and Podcast. I hope everyone's doing okay. Um, I'm actually doing okay. And, and this is kind of weird because a lot of people who listen to these shows are always first-time listeners because a lot of the guests don't have a lot in common. So, you know, I, I don't blame people for tuning in to listen to the episode that they want to listen to because they like the guest. But this is kind of the bit where I kind of, you know, have a little therapy session and then I play some music and then have the interview, which is the draw of the show. Uh, I would love me to be the draw of the show, even though it's named after me, I know I'm not, it's fine, and then uh, I play another song and I'm all fuck off home, but it's nice because I actually live where I work, which <laughs> I don't have to move for, um, yeah, no, this week, uh, I, if you know, like, sort of, you know, the last couple of months have been crazy, and, um, you know, my mum passed away and everything, and, you know, the whole year hasn't exactly been easy, especially for someone with my, you know, quite fragile state of mind, um, I've been able to sort out just so much stuff this week, which has really alleviated a lot of the stress in my life and it's like sort of it's to do with like living arrangements and stuff like that basically because I'm a carer and all that kind of stuff and uh, a lot of it's sorted and I feel like I have some kind of security in like sort of my life now which is very very nice and it means that I'll not actually whinge on the podcast too much which I normally do but we'll see I might whinge on the podcast um but I might not and that will be your reason to tune in or not um, because people just skip this first 10 minutes and it doesn't really matter. But don't skip this first 10 minutes because this is where I thank the sponsor, Andrew Kirshner, for, <laughs> for sticking with me since day one. Um, friend, collaborator, 
you know, expert on back pain relief, do buy his book. People do think that the advert at the start is a joke, because how can an unknown podcast have a sponsor? I don't know how I've got a sponsor. I'm very, very lucky, and he is very, very good. Um, and do check him out. And he also plays piano on my uh, on my latest EP, uh, Four Play, uh, Toxic Melon's latest EP. Do check it out um, if you would like to support the show. It keeps me eating food and uh, maintaining a roof over my head, and more importantly, keeping the cats uh, fed because they basically uh, ruin and run my life. Because um, you know, if they they don't scoop my shit out, you know, I scoop their shit out. So you know, I'm basically their bitch. Um, with Toxic Melons, uh, for those who are interested, uh, we will be playing the international pop overthrow in Liverpool in May. Uh, dates are to come. Um, we do talk about uh, Dale, uh, our wonderful, handsome lead singer, during this interview because he's best mates with my guest today, Jacob Anderton, and more on him in a second. Um, we will be in the studio next month. This is the first time that I'm kind of telling anyone this. Uh, we are redoing, because uh, uh, with Toxic Melons, I, I brought in different musicians uh, on each track back in the day before I had a band. And I love those tracks, but I really want the songs to represent how the band sounds um so we're redoing two tracks I'm not going to tell you which ones there is going to be a music video um and this is kind of like just to have it there to introduce everyone to who the band is now and who the band has been for the past couple of years uh but i haven't really you know pulled the trigger on it and really sort of made it a thing so there will be you know an actual launch and everything and um yeah i'm quite i'm quite excited about it because it, it's also given myself a kick up the ass as well because again if you do listen to previous shows um <laughs> you know i'm uh, trying to motivate myself a little bit i'm trying to watch what i eat and stuff like that and just generally be happier because you know i've i've have guests on here who you know I ha i'm lucky to have actors authors uh, filmmakers, uh, musicians, and you know, motivational speakers, and I try to get something from those interviews as well, and take something from them because a lot of the times I'm interviewing people who are generally more successful than me. Um, <laughs> but like that sort of, it's kind of, it is nice because it is motivating as well, um, and yeah, you know, I really appreciate uh, them taking some time to uh, come on the show. Um, as you can tell, I also talk a lot of shit. Um, my guest today is Jacob Anderson. Now, he is a local actor, local in Newcastle, and he has just uh, completed filming for uh, a proof of concept, which will go to a crowdfunding uh, thing, whatever that may be in the future, whether it's Kickstarter or uh, Indiegogo or whatever, uh, and it's called Please Don't Die. And it immediately appealed to me because it's wrestling based. It's about wrestling fans. Um, I was able to donate some of my collection to help uh, with some of the scenes uh, because I have an insane wrestling collection. And luckily the fans didn't come off in the film like complete fucking losers because you know <laughs> I'd be looking at it going oh shit you know like you know the screen would go black and then all I would see is my reflection and my bushwhackers talcum powder and Hulk Hogan shampoo bottle and I'd probably just cry um so yeah no it is a lot of fun link is below do check it out uh it also features Paul London we do talk about Paul London during the interview and what it was like to work with him uh during the shoot um also Jacob is uh, we do talk about his other projects, but he's he's also starring in kind of a saucy version of Aladdin. Um, you know, you have to live local to see this. It's going to be at Boulevard, which is down near Newcastle College. Um, I will give you a link to his social media. There's a rather fetching picture of him in an uh, opened uh, pink frilly shirt. Um, there are no nipples on show, but there is a belly button on show for those who are interested. Um, and do check it out. And I think that is within the next couple of weeks. But there will be a link to buy tickets below the show as well. Um, yeah, I'm just um, kind of all over the place. I mean, you know, I've, I've got new blinds, which is nice. No one will care. But I've had a, 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 a bed sheet basically pinned to the window for the past two weeks so my room has looked like a smack den um and now there is actual light and they're bright orange as well like really strong orange and it kind of even if the heating isn't on or whatever it just makes the room feel warmer and it has a nice atmosphere about it the cats love it i think um you know i'm actually looking at chutney, chutney right now and um she is uh, she's asleep <laughs> and uh, she actually she made me bleed yesterday which uh, I, I gave her a little tap on the bum uh, I think we've made friends now but uh, she was sleeping on the dry clothes 
which needed to be moved. Um, and, you know, how dare I actually not want hair all over me fucking clothes, but there we are. Um, yeah, and there is more, and I'm trying to think, because, like, I kind of try not to plan this stuff, and I also try to do it all in one take. Um, there is more stuff. I will think about that. Uh, future guests, upcoming guests, you will uh, hear about that as I drop things on the floor. You will hear about that after the interview. Um, and yeah, I think that's basically it. You know how to support the show monetarily uh, if you would like to. Um, there's a big green button at the top of the Podbean page called uh, Give Me Money Now for Free, if possible. Something like that. Um, patron button, that's it. Um, but obviously, like I say, I would like you to receive something in return. So you can check out my music at toxicmelons.bandcamp.com. Also, like I say, support the sponsor and etc. So I really, really appreciate it. Before we go into my interview with Mr. Jacob Ernie Anderton, thank you very much. Um, here's a song from past guest and upcoming guest. And we will have so much to talk about because she's had an insane year, to say the least. Uh, this is Kate Brennan with Madame Pompadour. With models and litanies and casting off precious things to left some So with me today on Pablo's Poppin' Podcast, we have actor extraordinaire and handsome bugger Jacob Anderton. How are you doing today? No one can tell that you're handsome because, like, you know, it's audio, so, you know, I could just be completely... It's all lies anyway, mate. It's all lies anyway. <laughs> well, see, that's what I like. See, I pay the compliments at the start and then the interview just goes downhill from there. 
because uh, you'll find out how terrible right, the okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah, fair enough, mate. Yeah, and then you start, you know, having a real dig afterwards. I get it. I yeah, get it. oh, yeah, oh, God. See, when, once I hang up, once I've got all the audio, I just edit it together and then reinsert questions and stuff like that, you know. Um... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, mate, I'm, I'm prepared for that. That's okay, I'm prepared for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so um, you, it's uh, just been Christmas, so you've just done Panto. So how was that? You, 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 like, I've saw videos, what? and you're, you've done, like, mega big-ass audiences and shit. Oh, yeah, but you can swear here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, oh, sweet. Okay, that's good. I'm pleased we covered that. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I this year is the first year, actually, since I graduated, that I actually wasn't in a pantomime. Um, but I actually helped um, on the production side of things for uh, a big old panto in town, mainly because... Um, you know, we was doing this, this the, the company I've worked for for the last few years, we're doing this massive production. Uh, and as much as I love pantomime, it's not it's not really my bag, you know. Like, obviously, I've been focusing a lot more on sort of filming, I suppose, after the last year or so. Uh, and I said I would sort of, you know, help him get it on its feet. And there was a couple of people there, uh, you know, that... There was a couple. There was like a, a couple of big faces. One in particular um, was he was a great dude, but he, you know, he, he he'd never done pantomime before. So, um, you know, it, it was nice to sort of have me around, I suppose, just to just to keep him on the right track. But um, yeah, it was all right, mate. It was good. It was good. It's um, it's been stressful. I, I wouldn't I won't be jumping at uh, <laughs> you know, being on the production side again because I tell you what, those people were they worked bloody hard. It must be said. It's been a while. I'm just having a bit of a chill out now, to be honest. So, because um, you sort of only get the problem with Panto is that you know you, you get a great experience and you get to entertain a lot of people, and you know that's what I always loved about it. But um, you know, you only get the one day off for Christmas, so um, it kills you, man. It does kill you. I think people don't realise Panto's there. It's graft. <laughs> it's like proper hard graft. But, uh, but no, yeah. So so that's all done with, mate. That's all done with. So, uh, but no, yeah. It was all right. It was not so bad. Not so, so bad. What, was that your first sort of venture into production? Um, what what did you do in particular? Was it kind of literal stage moving stuff around production, or was it kind of um, were you a part of like say directing side, giving advice to actors? I mean, or did you know? Did they feel that? Like, I mean. A mix, I suppose it was a bit of a mixed bag, but I mean, initially, I mean, like I say, I've known the company for years, so um, I helped him out a, a little while ago when we were he was first looking at some, like, marketing bits and bats, and, you know, I sort of helped him a little bit with that, uh, but, you know, I don't really know much about that sort of stuff, um, and then um, I suppose when it came to the production, there was, a t like, a tiny little bit of directory input, like, but very minuscule, you know, sort of small small doses but mainly it was like you say it was it was more hands-on sort of um shifting stuff making stuff i've done a few jobs in the past you know obviously being an actor you sort of have to find various bits and bats and i've, I've worked with my hands quite a few times I used to work for a joiner for a while yeah. um so yeah it was a case of just sort of uh helping to make things shift things uh get things up and running um and it was it was it was a slog mate it really was a slog i was pulling like 16 hour days sometimes just to try and get this thing up and up and running but um yeah well, we got there mate we got there and you know um it had its uh it had its snags but um yeah anyway done and dusted mate it's all yeah, good all good, good. Stuff. and uh, you know and our friend in common uh my singer dale um singer of toxic melons yes um he's just uh, he's my best mate he's one of my best mates uh he's just done panto as well so did you did you guys meet um you worked at annick castle didn't you yeah, many moons ago. I mean, I initially met Dale because we uh, we actually trained together. We went to uni together, um, and then you know, once you know, when we came to graduating, which is you know, scarily quite a while ago now. Yeah. Um, first, the first thing we ever did together, we did a sort of, I suppose, sort of youth theatre sort of production of Macbeth, um, just at a sort of um, you know amateur theatre. Uh, and Dale, Dale, funny enough, was Macbeth in that production, and I play Macduff. Uh, and and uh, without you know, people know the story, but those two sort of are at loggerheads all the way through. So um, yeah, and ever since then, actually, must be said, me and Dale have always been cast. If there's a sword fight, they usually put us e either side of it because uh, <laughs> uh, both me and Dale have had a bit of experience with that sort of thing. Uh, mainly through Anik Castle, actually, we both got really lucky. Uh, and there's this incredible guy called Mark Vance, who um, is a, he's literally a sword instructor, but he works with, like broadswords and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And he, uh, he sort of selected myself and Dale to go on this sort of uh, intensive 
sword fighting course, which was absolutely amazing. Uh, and I think both of myself and Dale, we've sort of, uh, we've used that in our careers in, you know, in later days, we've done loads of sort of Shakespeare together. Um, we were sort of affiliated with, a uh, an open air sort of touring Shakespeare company, uh, theater space Northeast. I'll give him a little shout out. But, um, so we were affiliated with them for a few years, uh, and did loads of sort of cool sword fighting stuff with them as well. So, uh, yeah, man, we go back a long way. We go back a long way and we still meet for the odd, uh, cheeky pint or what have you. Um, of course, to see Toxic Melons from time to time. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, throw it in there, mate. <laughs> so, um, did you, when you hit it off, did you have sort of the same acting influences? Or do you have acting influences? Or is it just like something that you're luckily naturally I think actually, about? the funny thing, actually, I think Dale would agree with this as well, is that, you know, we started off down a sort of, I suppose, similar path in both, you know, we were both hungry for work so it's i think we both initially went down the sort of northeast because obviously we were here and when we graduate we both went down the sort of northeast theater route uh which dale has had great great success in i've had sort of um hit and miss i've had a couple you know decent gigs here and there but actually because i'm not from the northeast a lot of the time there's a lot of plays and what have you that are, are you know strictly sort of northeast based uh, actors required uh, and as much as I like to think I can do the accent I think round here it sounds like I'm taking the mickey a little bit uh, <laughs> go <laughs> so, on uh, come on so, yeah, you, actually, you, you, you've teed it up now come on ah <laughs> oh, mate oh, the pressure's on here um, okay hang on I, did, actually, I actually did a play once uh, in a oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bigging this up too much so she's probably just gonna actually I'll do a, I'll do my girlfriend's dad because that's easy to do okay Cause he does like, uh, he's like from bike when he's got this like proper like manly sort of. He's like, "Yeah, mate, how's it going? Are you gun down the tune, little mate?" He's like one of them. That's all right. Like quite rough. That's all right. Yeah, I feel, I feel a bit fresh. Borderline, wasn't it? Yeah, I feel a bit fresh. Ropey. Okay. Um, but anyway, um, so so yeah, uh, I think in in our later careers, Dale's sort of stuck with the the theatre side of things, and he's you know he's smashing it, and he you know he's 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 amazing. Also, he's a musician as well, which. I mean, more and more you see in theatre, contemporary theatre, they're looking for acting musicians. Uh, I haven't got that. So actually, in more recent times, I've gone down the sort of screen route. Yeah. Um, and what's been quite cool is that in recent years, um, you know, I've still got great affiliations with various people that I'm sure we'll talk about that are Northeast based. Um, great film directors, James Campbell, for example, Connor yeah. Langley's another one. Uh, and these are all Northeast guys. So I still work with them, but also... In more recent times, I'm working with directors um, further afield, down in that there, London, of course, uh, and, and various other places, which is it's really cool. And um, I think the thing about screen is it, you know, um, it, it can travel. You know, I can do a good film in the Northeast uh, and show it to a film director in London. And they go, blimey, how good is this? You know, where was this made? And you go, oh, it was made in, you know, whatever, Hartlepool. Yeah. And they'll be like, blimey. You know, I, I, think, I think that's the great exciting thing about the northeast and what we can achieve up here um and that's sort of been a bit a bit of a passion of mine yeah i totally agree i mean from from the music side as well i'm finding that you know i do a lot of work from home but from home i can work with musicians in la and all over the place so yeah it is amazing what you can do i mean first before we get into it yeah i do want to give a shout out daily he is amazing he's like the most talented person i know top boy Um, yeah he really is and you know to learn my stupid songs as well you know you can tell that he you know, it, uh, performs on stage a lot, and he's had to do like musical-related things as well because my songs aren't easy, um, and he can really handle those like sort of tricky melodies and like really wordy sort of um, you know um, song structures and stuff like that. So yeah, no, Dale is amazing. So did you always have ambitions to be an actor, never a musician or any other part of uh, performing arts? And when like uh, when you did that stuff like at school or college, were what other aspects pushed upon you as well? Apart from acting. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a good question, actually. I mean, I've always, always loved acting. I've always, um, I suppose I've always done it, you know, ever since I was at school. Um, you know, mum still tells stories about when I was, like, little, you know, in, like, primary school and doing all the, you know, parts in the plays and all that sort of thing. And, uh, ah. yeah, I always, I always loved it. Um, I suppose... I suppose the biggest thing that interfered is that when I when I was about to go to university, I wasn't. Uh, people said to me, you know, maybe you should think about going to drama school and stuff like that. Um, and I didn't. I mean, I, I think at the time I wasn't entirely sure 
if it was the right move, you know, would I be able to make it work, all this sort of thing. So I decided I was going to go to university and do a degree. Um, in acting, yeah. In acting, yeah. So I decided I wanted to do a degree in acting, but also with something that um, that might, you know, uh, you know, be able to benefit me outside of that. So I did a degree with that was drama and script writing. Um, and that's actually what brought me to the Northeast because at the time uh, there was only two universities in the country that actually did a drama and script writing combined course. Uh, and one of them happened to be at Northumbria. So that's sort of what brought me here. Uh, and yeah, fell in love with the place, I suppose. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I suppose that was, that was the only other path that I looked at for a while is, is the writing. Uh, and I've, I've done a little bit. I mean, it's been sort of, it has been sidelined a little bit just with, you know, with, you know, acting sort of taken over a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but no, yeah, it's, um, it was, it was something I looked at me and Dale did a bit, actually, funny enough, going back to Dale Jewett briefly, me, me and Dale used to write stuff. It was in a, uh, a sketch group for a long time, um, which was very surreal. Um, but we used to write a lot of sketches and daft stuff. So, uh, so yeah, we did that for some time, but, uh, but no, yeah, I, I have to say it's something that I've always thought about maybe in the future I might, I might dip into and go back to, but, um, like I say, it's been sidelined a little bit for the time being. <laughs> so, so yeah. um, like earlier on, did, uh, comedy or drama more appeal to you? Like what, what did you feel you could express yourself best at? <sighs> It's a good question. I mean, it, initially it was always, I started off, I suppose, uh, doing a lot of comedy. So the sketch, the first time I went up to the fringe was with the sketch group that I mentioned just now. We used to be called uh, Teeth and Egg Cups. Uh, and it was it was sort of really daft, sort of surreal, sort, I suppose Monty Python-esque yeah. sort of stuff. Um, and uh, we went up to the fringe, we did all right there. And then, you know, we did that for some time. But as it as it went on, I, I decided that actually, I, I actually think that potentially, I think potentially doing comedy is is it's possibly. I mean, it's completely different, but it's possibly harder than drama. You know, it's uh, it's there's a, there's a real knack to it, uh, and you know, it's all about the time and stuff. But I discovered that I I, I found more interest in in looking at dramatic characters, I suppose, um, and I think that what's good about that is that there is a, you can, you can tread a really fine line because I mean, if comedy is done right, it's, it should be so close to tragedy anyway, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a very fine line. So I, I always like to think that with drama, there's always elements of comedy that creep into that. Um, yeah. but yeah, I suppose in the more of the roles that I get nowadays, it's more sort of usually dramatic stuff. I do like to dip in and do some comedy, re you know, now and again, and recently obviously finished up on a, uh, Please don't die with James Campbell, which was which was an absolute giggle, as you yeah. can imagine. Uh, but yeah, usually, usually it's it's drama nowadays. Yeah, must be said, must be said. So, so. Do, do you feel that with each new role, are you, do you like are you doing something very different with each new role, or do you sort of uh, have like a bag of tricks that you sort of can pull from um, to incorporate into different roles, or do, or do you feel like you're starting with a blank canvas every time? I think there's always got to be, you've got to try and assess the character. I think that, you know, writing goes a very long way. I think, you know, any, any actor that says the writing, you know, is, is of no use is, is not telling the truth. Cause I think if writing's done properly, then the characters on the page, you know, or, or certainly an idea of the characters on the page, I think that they're always being, no matter what actors play in that part, that they, they have to bring something to them, you know, yeah. even, even if it's down to how they, you know, how they are physically, um, there will always be something of yourself in that character. Of course there is. That's, you know, that's something you can't get away from. But um, I always like to, to try and spend a bit of time with, with, with text, you know, with the, with the script and, uh, you know, assess it and go from there and, uh, and, and see what, what I can, what I can bring from that. Um, so I suppose characters, you know, like you say, various characters are different. There is always going to be similarities because, you know, end of the day, it's me, isn't it? It's me that's playing the part. But um, like you say, I like to try and find something different for each for each role as best I can, I suppose. Yeah. So do you feel that there's always room in the script or uh, there's like a leeway with the scriptwriter to make suggestions and change the odd word here or there or like deliver it in a different way that is written on the script? Yeah, I mean, again, I think that depends uh, on the agreement that you have with 
director, you know, uh, yeah. of what they want. Uh, sometimes, you know, I've worked with directors in the past that are really script, uh, really sort of strict on the on the script, and you know, want you to say, you know, almost verbatim what's on the page. Yeah. But then you work with other people, and they and they they want you to to make it your own, you know. And as long as they, I suppose they agree with the you know, with the role, uh, with, with how you're playing the role, I should say. Um, I, I'm sure that's fine. I mean, like, for example, we've, we've briefly mentioned him a couple of times already, but James Campbell, I worked with on uh, Ripper some time ago. Um, and he he was exactly like that in terms of he wanted me to to find the find the character and, and, and make the words work yeah. for, for that person. Uh, and actually I think that's a nice way to work. Um, and I think that, you know, most directors, you know, obviously as long as you're not changing massive chunks, you know, most directors will, will be open to, to suggestion, I suppose, uh, about, you know, if it's a, a little bit of word placement here and there, or, you know, potentially something he might say, but, uh, but yeah, like you say, it probably just depends on who you're working with at the time and, and what they want to get across. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's talk about James. Um, obviously we will talk about please don't die. Uh, but, uh, Ripper, uh, was that, I'm guessing, cause I don't know anything about it. I'm guessing more horror based. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really sort of a surreal thing. It's on a, it's on YouTube. If anyone wanted to check it out, I will check uh, it out. It's, it, it's still there. Um, but James Campbell, so I, I, I suppose me and James Campbell go back a, again. We go back quite a long way. So when I just graduated, uh, he was still, uh, he was still studying at the time. Uh, and I did one of his, when I first graduated, I wanted to get as much, you know, film experience, as much experience as possibly can. So I did a load of sort of student projects. Uh, and yeah, so we, we worked on something called, um, who done what, which was this crazy sort of very ambitious murder mystery idea that, that James Campbell had. Um, and it was great fun and we sort of got on really well, um, and worked together well, I suppose. And, uh, from there, we went on and did a couple of more little shorts and what have you. And then he came to me when he graduated uh, with this idea called uh, called Ripper. And it is based on, it's actually based on a, uh, a graphic novel, a Batman graphic novel okay. uh, called Gotham by Gaslight, which I'm not sure if you've heard of. But, I don't um, basically, in Gotham by Gaslight, um, Batman is in the Victorian period <laughs> and, he, <laughs> and he goes after Jack the Ripper. Uh, <laughs> I thought that's what it might have been, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so he wanted to he wanted to make a film version of this. Now it's not it's not Gotham by Gaslight. It's it's an entirely different story. For example, Gotham by Gaslight is actually set in Gotham, whereas Jim wanted it to be in London, and yeah. that Batman had come to London, sort of thing. Um, and he wanted it to be. He basically said, told me he wanted it to be a period drama that Batman was in, and not necessarily a Batman film. So okay. Batman's not in it as much as you might imagine he is. He's more in the shadows, sort of lurking and you know, ready to save the day, I suppose. But, um, yeah, I mean, this character came out the woodwork, um, for me that he, he wanted, it's, it's really subtle. And I don't think many people have, have openly picked up on it, but I played a character called Dodge. Yeah. Um, who essentially he wanted to be the grown up version of the artful Dodger <laughs> from, uh, <laughs> obviously from, uh, Oliver yeah. who we, he, he was really clever writing, but he basically wanted it to be like this, this guy had been influenced by, you know, from Oliver, you, you've got Fagan and Bill Sykes, these two sort of, you know, uh, underworldy sort of figures. Uh, and he, um, yeah, he, he wanted me to play the grown-up version who was now sort of running the prostitutes in London, I suppose. And they were getting killed by Jack the Ripper and then Batman gets involved. It's all it's all very strange, very sort of comic booky. Ah. Um, it's shot with a sort of giallo, sort of Italian horror style. Um, but it was great. And it was, and the great thing about that as well, um, is that that was an entirely Northeast based production. Absolutely. The whole thing, like it's like, it's all obviously Victorian, but we shot at like sort of all the open air museums that are in the Northeast. So we shot at sort of, um, the historic key in Hartlepool. Um, we shot at, um, what's the name of the park? There's a, there's a park in Stockton, but it's got a Victorian street down, which is incredible. Right. Um, so yeah, the whole thing was done here and you know, there was crew and what have you and cast that came from further afield. So there was, um, you know, some great faces in it that sort of came from London and what have you. But, um, yeah, the production itself was, was from the Northeast, uh, telling a story about 
Whitechapel, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is interesting. Yeah. That's amazing. I will, I will definitely check that out as soon as we hang up, actually. Um, yeah, so, um, but um, again, uh, going back to Dale, one great thing about knowing Dale is how well connected he is. And he uh, pretty much introduced me to James. Um, he yep. put, a, uh, I don't know if you saw, but he put a Facebook post uh, looking for someone with a really old school wrestling collection. Um, yes yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> and people offered yeah. and like but at the same time then i became really defensive because it's like i was like well one i would love to have a credit on something because as a musician if i can help out in any way and two my yeah. collection is like I, i'm kind of like the 40 year old virgin but luckily neither yeah just in terms <laughs> of the actual collection you know <laughs> Hang like, on, was, it, was your room used for the murder room in in please don't die see there's that's, a, there's that, a that's the thing. I wasn't able to because uh, um, I've had some right, family issues over okay. the past couple of months, so I wasn't able to make it down for that. But I'm not sure. I know my co- well, my collection yeah. was used a lot for the movie. Um, yes, and I'm looking. Yeah, no, to yeah. Some... I remember all your stuff came in for. <laughs> we had like a living room set up, uh, and obviously there was about you know, please don't die is about these four wrestling mad sort of um, late twenty, early thirties sort of blokes, and yeah. they they piled the room with just as you can imagine, just wrestling memorabilia. So presumably a lot of that was yours so that's cool <laughs> yeah i, I kind of cool. um filled up like about three or four ikea bags just full of um i was just like suggesting stuff to him and i think it like blew his mind a little bit when i was like well i've got like you know cans of pop from israel from 1994 love it mate was your was the cuddly hulk hogan yours that was mine yeah <laughs> oh mate that was superb that was superb <laughs> not a time for that <laughs> well I know that this was um, this was it, it's almost like a he shot a little bit of it like, um, what's it called again like it's not a teaser but it's like a um, proof of concept proof, proof of concept basically. Um, yeah so yeah. obviously when it goes to a uh, full production I'll be able to help out a lot more with Whatever, Wicked. whatever he needs, sort of thing. But um, yeah, see, because yeah, I haven't seen the film, and my hope was that it wasn't going to be like a forty-year-old virgin thing. And then I watch it, and I go like, "Oh shit, that's like my room." <laughs> <laughs> no, mate. I have to say, I turned up on set, and uh, I walked into the room, and I thought it was honestly the coolest looking room I've seen in a very long time. <laughs> hey, set, so, okay. <laughs> uh, I I would say that that's you know mainly down to you mate so uh, i think i think a lot of credit there a lot of credit <laughs> definitely so that's the big like that took absolutely no talent on my end that just was just like here's my shit that i like you know 4am ebay auctions and stuff like that you know because um, they were selling it in like you know um kalamazoo or something you know um yeah yeah no so um can you can you give me a little bit more info on the film? Because I I do feel really bad that I wasn't able to make it down. James totally understands, and I'm looking forward to interviewing him about the uh, about the movie. Um, yeah. So it, my understanding was that you know they are sort of like late twenties, early thirties wrestling fans who are maybe a bit yeah. too influenced by what's going on, what by what they see on TV, to the point where they're maybe going to put their lives on the line just to recreate some of the more ambitious kind of stunts. Basically, yeah. I mean, it's 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 a brilliant, you know, brilliant script that James put for. I mean, basically, he sent me the script, and it is it's just pages of just four wrestling mad lads just yeah. just having a bit of banter. Basically, that's that's the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and the idea being is that these four lads are so you know insanely obsessed with wrestling and all that goes with it. You know that they 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 sort of backyard wrestle themselves. Yeah. Um, and the, the great sort of parallels I think of the film is that you've got this. What you know, wrestling is obviously incredibly American and like so sort of showbiz. Yeah. Then you have got these four lads that are living in England that are all sort of so average, you know, normal blokes who've got very normal jobs. One of them's a builder. One of them's a teacher. Right. You know, um, who sort of you know have these sort of normal nine to fives go at work and then they come back and lose themselves in this you know ridiculous sort of uh ridiculous world of wrestling yeah. um and they all have their own wrestling alter egos which are just horrendous uh <laughs> but brilliant at the same time uh-huh. um and he actually because i've known jim for so long he actually my character in 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 uh in please don't die is loosely based on me actually so it's it's my character is basically a, a, a well, a, a job in out of work actor, basically, right. <laughs> um, who um, whose wrestling alter ego is called Jake Spear, 
um, and it sort of has a bit of a, a Shakespeare gimmick. Uh, Brilliant, and, uh, Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah. Shakespeare. <laughs> uh, so I come in with the big rough and, you know, with a skull in my hand and all this sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um so, but yeah, I mean, it's it's brilliant. It's it's loads of fun, um, and we had a great time shooting it. And obviously, we had um, we had Paul London come and join us for yeah, the, the proof of concept. Fan, big fan of Paul London as well. Um, oh, mate, he was. And I have to say, what a dude! What an absolute yeah. dude! Like, he was just the nicest, nicest guy. Really funny. Yeah. Um, and I got the privilege to um, basically cut a promo with Paul London. That's um, really cool. Obviously. Paul London does his, you know, he does his incredible promos. And, and Jim said to us, we went down to see his show um, and he wanted this, basically in the proof concept, you see the four lads and they're, they're watching back um, their own wrestling DVD that they've made over the years. Yeah. Um, and one element of that is that my character interviewed Paul London, just, off, uh, you know, the idea being out the back of a show as, as we did. Uh, but Jim said to me, like, there was no script. He just said, look, you and Paul, I just want you to, here's roughly what you need to do. Um, I want you to just try and cut this promo and basically you're just going to be in awe of the fact it's Paul London. Um, And I have to say, working with him, he was, he was, you know, he he does a lot of acting back home. He lives in LA. He does, yeah. And he was telling me that he he does a lot of acting and um, he was fantastic and we had such fun doing it. And actually, I think the, I think the take that was in the film is, I think it's, I think it was the first take that we did. Um, and it's just me and him just just chatting away and having a laugh, uh, you know, uh, and cutting this promo. But it's it's yeah, it was great. It was great. And um, hopefully, like I say, the wheels are in motion. That hopefully later this year, um, we'll we'll potentially shoot more and shoot the shoot the the full thing, which would be good. So, uh, so yeah, happy days, mate. So yeah. so no, known James for that long, then um, obviously with him being a wrestling fan, were you ever into it at all, or did you ever hear him talk about it, or? Oh, wrestling, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, we we've had discussions. I mean, I think because he's he's a little bit older than me, so we've got slightly different eras. I mean, I was I was well into wrestling when I was younger, yeah. uh, but I was sort of, I suppose I was right, you know, around the sort of era of of the Rock being, you know, at his his absolute height, that sort of age. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God, how, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm tw- well. I'm nearly 27. Actually, I'm 27. Oh, okay, that's no, that's yeah. not that big of a difference. I don't feel too old then, because yeah, like, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> but I suppose that was my my era of wrestling was that sort of period of time, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. So in the night, well, back in the nineties, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but so we've had we've had plenty of discussions, you know. And I, I always knew, funny enough, that this this project, please don't die. Um, this was Jim's. This is Jim's baby. I mean, he's been doing clips from like him and his mates doing these clips from please don't die you know from a long long time ago yeah. before he even became a filmmaker he had this idea of you know he wanted this this comedy about four lads who love wrestling this has been going on for years um and actually a long time ago uh, we also shot another scene which was you know really really early doors with me and a, a terrific actress called uh, sally collett well you know it was just this scene that he wrote for the film about a guy who meets who met a, a sort of wrestling mad girl and they sort of started to started to fall for each other. Uh, see, well, that, see. That, that's that's entirely fiction because that never happens. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, this is so this is this is mentioned in the in the script. You know, this is mentioned that he comes. You know, the the character that he's he's called uh, he's called Jim in the in the film actually comes oh. back and says, "Look, I've met this girl. She loves wrestling," and all the other lads are like, "Nah, <laughs> like no way. There's no there's no way you've met a girl like wrestling." Oh. Um, so, so yeah, so it's been going on for, I mean, Please Don't Die has been going on for, I mean, since year dot, I think, for Jim, really. It's been his, it's been his brainchild and his baby for a long time, and it's just been nice to, um, you know, been a sort of a, a part of that as it's, as it's grown up. And hopefully, like you say, we can, we can shoot the, the full thing later this year, hopefully. That'd be great. Well, I mean, a, apart from um, Paul London being perfect for something like this, because, I mean, obviously he worked for WWE and he is a big star and everything, yeah. but he's all about the art as well and he's willing to yeah. take chances and I mean have you I don't yeah. know if you've seen some of his craziest stuff that he's done on like independent shows do you um, know I've watched loads now because Jim basically you know inundated my inbox <laughs> with uh, Paul London clips and yeah. uh, <laughs> that sort of thing so yeah. uh, I have I'd I've sort of stalked the hell out of Paul London in uh, in recent times, must yeah. be said. And, yeah. and it's, uh, he's obviously a big fan of Paul as well, because like back in yeah. the day, uh, Paul London used to do all these crazy moves, and the fans would chant, please don't die, uh, to yeah. him. So obviously that's you know something that he's had in mind for a long time. A little so. homage, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure Paul probably appreciated that as well. Um, yeah. yeah. So 
Yeah, so I mean, like you know, I, I never wanted to be a wrestler because I would look terrible in spandex. What did you have to? Wear? <laughs> what did you have to wear? What did you make you wear for the? Uh... <laughs> oh, mate, my costume was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> I mean, like, what, was the was bad. the old uh, David Bowie labyrinth uh, package on show sort of thing? Or... Um, yeah, there was, there was a package on show. Um, I, I had the black spandex on the legs, so that was that was fairly you know straightforward standard. Um, did you have to shave your legs? But the, did... the upper body is where the show really went down with me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I had these. Uh, I had this sort of weird. I mean, I'll just say she, there's a, a woman called Charlotte Harmon who worked on Ripper as well, who was an absolute genius, and she designed and made all the costumes for for both Ripper and Please Don't Die. Right, and she was just incredible. Uh, and she designed these four looks for the lads, you know, obviously for their wrestling alter egos, and all of them were just so accurate. But mine was, yeah, fairly horrific. So it was sort of like <laughs> a a weird silky open waistcoat that had no buttons, so it was just sort of like free flowing. Right. Uh, um, a ruff, of course, um, and then like a massive cape that looked like it was made out of a huge curtain. Uh, and then I had these weird sort of. Um, I suppose, you know, sort of Shakespearean baggy sleeves, ah. but they didn't go all the way up. They sort of just went to the bicep, if oh. that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, you're going to get the guns of, on show, yeah. Yeah, it was, um, yeah, surreal, mate. Completely surreal. Uh, not one of my strongest looks, I must be <laughs> saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so did, did you end up uh, yeah. like sort of doing any moves in the we will get off this film but I'm, I'm really excited to talk about it um, yeah, did you, did, um, in terms of stunts and stuff like that what, um, what was the more ambitious stuff that you had to do um, so I mean how I mean how it was shot a lot of it was sort of we did a, a lot of sort of jumping uh, I mean the actual wrestling you, you, in, in the flick as it is you don't see loads of uh, there's a couple of sort of little ambitious moments um most of which are jumps. We did a lot of jumps. We had a we had a trampoline on set, yeah. Um, and obviously, we'd frame that out and then just have us like sort of flying off this trampoline, looking like it was flying off a of a top rope or what have you. Um, there was one moment actually where one of the lads, Craig, threw himself off a ladder. That was fairly impressive. Yeah. That was fairly good. Um, and then we tried. As <laughs> me and my mate, there's a there's a good friend of mine who's a who's in the film as well, an actor called Chris Sadler from he's from down in in, in London, but. Um, we tried it. We tried to do a full suplex, um, and it, it just went horrendously wrong. Um, and there is there is footage of it somewhere. Um, in uh, fact, there's a great picture of us trying to do this suplex, and Jim just sort of staring at you know, and just in shock, uh, and also enjoyment with his mouth just open wide. So, um, but they were planned. You know, it was, it was all sort of planned. Jim had ideas that he wanted us to do, and then he, you know, he, he shot basically for the edit, so he'd, he'd cut into it and, and make it look like we were sort of, you know, knew some stuff. But I mean, the main the main thing for us is that with these four lads, they need to look shit basically. Yeah. <laughs> like they're, they're four lads that love wrestling, but by our no, a no means possible are they wrestlers. You know, they, <laughs> they are as far from it as, as you possibly can be. So, uh, but no, yeah, so there was, there was bits, there was bits, but, um, we were sort of coached through it as we went. So it was cool. Uh, so it was very, cool. very excited to see it. Um, so as, as an actor as well, do you have to have like literally no inhibition? So if you have to wear like some, you know, really tight spandex or if you, you know, kind of thing. You <laughs> yeah. I mean, I suppose so. I mean, obviously everyone's different. I mean, it it depends, man. I think it depends on what you're comfortable with and if you're going to be able, uh, you know, um, you know, deliver the performance wearing whatever you're wearing. But actually, with Please Don't Die, you know, I went into that fully aware that Jim was going to make me look like a massive tit. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> you know, so um, we all we all sort of got round, got our heads around the sort of stupidity of it, and that was that's what's great about Please Don't Die is that it is, it's it's ludicrous. It, it's it's so ridiculous that it's it's hilariously funny and i think all of us can relate you know especially you know people of our generation who grew up on that sort of you know wrestling sort of vibes yeah. we've all done it like i was talking about me and my mate um actually my mate sam who's getting married this year i'm his best man funny enough but uh he's getting married this year and we used to wrestle when we were really we used to dress up and wrestle but we'd wrestle with like massive teddy bears yeah. Do you know what i mean like oh, stuff yeah. like that um so we've all done it you know we all we all got it you know we, we knew what we were trying to do and i think the fact that you know, you've now got fully grown men that are still dressing like idiots. Just makes it, you know, all the more ridiculous. So uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, and the up, and the opening night, um, I'm sure that was a blast and went down really well. 
Yeah, I actually funny. Unfortunately, I couldn't make it uh, mainly because I was um, I was working elsewhere. Um, but yeah, by all accounts, um, Jim was there and Adam, and they sort of held a bit of a uh, uh, a chat on the stage and what have you. And um, apparently, it was it was great. And what what was lovely actually is that um, Jim said a lot of the comments that were really positive. Obviously, there was a lot of people there that were wrestling fans that sort of buzzed off the references that we have within the film. But yeah. there was a lot of people there that didn't know anything about wrestling at all and still found the film funny, which um, is, is what you're after, really, isn't it? That's what, that's what we want, you that's, know, because it's really it should good. be a film. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess if you, if you don't know anything about it, there could be in your mind or you know like a fine line that like oh i hope this isn't just like taking the piss out of wrestling or whatever but it, it's, yeah. it's been yeah. done, it's been done with love and it's not depressing and you know yeah. un- unlike that mickey rock movie the wrestler which is like the most depressing yeah. thing i think i've ever seen um, <laughs> yeah yeah you know yeah. um yeah no, so again very much very much looking forward to uh i think this is i think this is credit to jim as well because you know he's he never makes a film i jim would never make a film that he's not ridiculously passionate about the, the the subject matter or the or the genre or, yeah. you know because you know like with ripper he's a huge batman fan that's yeah. one thing he buzzed over batman he wanted to make it he wanted to do it you know he knew with ripper as well because it's a dc product he, he actually couldn't make any money out of it so he just did it for the the sheer passion of it yeah. and then with please don't die he's he's just a massive wrestling fan he loves wrestling um he gets the he gets the performance of it. He gets the the theatre of wrestling. He gets the I think gets the comedy of it all as well. Yeah. Um, and he just you know this is like I say this has been his brainchild for for years. So um, yeah, I mean it's it, it's been done with like I say a lot of love and a lot of um, coming from a place where a lot of the banter I think is is just stuff that he said <laughs> in yeah. the past. So, uh, <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's all good. It's all yeah, good. That's awesome. Um, another um, my uh, drummer, drummer Jack Johnson. I don't know if you yes. know him too. Well. Oh well, I guess you do because uh, he do. he um, just I interviewed him last night and uh, he was has just uh, completed his first acting role for a web series called Uncommon. Yeah, and uh, I know that you are a part of that as well. And I, and I believe you're in a different episode to him. No, I was in. The, I was in the same episode. Oh, you're in the same episode? Yeah, I was. Okay. Um, so yeah, yeah uh, how how did that come about? And uh, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna kind of uh, wrap up. And um, I'm, like, I want to know what you're gonna be uh, getting up to and cool. stuff like that. But I would love to talk about Uncommon and what Jack was like to work with. Was he a complete diva or anything? Yeah, no, man. He was a, <laughs> like, I have to say, um, so Uncommon, Uncommon was uh, came about as a guy called Connor Langley who. Um, is again from the northeast. Yeah, uh, a terrific filmmaker uh, who I worked with years and years ago. Just sort of quickly, uh, we did a web series that um, you know basically just went mad and it, it, it won you know all sorts of awards across the world. I mean, this is a guy coming out of Sunderland, yeah. uh, and he won at the New York Film Festival. He won a Webby, which is basically it's got the same panel as the Oscars. It's an Academy Award essentially, but for oh, well. online stuff so this was all with this thing so it's basically a, um, a new web series but it's, it's a field that he knows really well the sort of you know web uh programming sort of thing yeah. um and it's um it's a four-parter um each episode is an entirely different story with an entirely different cast they're all just sort of black comedy horror comedy sort of thing yeah. um and they're all sort of centered around working class people and what would those people do if they were confronted by you know, a sort of horror situation. So funny enough, Dale's in an episode, Dale plays a werewolf in an episode. <laughs> That's not who's... much of a stretch for him. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. Uh, and obviously Dale's playing this werewolf, but he's confronted by a little chavvy lad and uh, an OA, uh, and a sort of veteran from the Second World War, this old man who's living on his, uh, on his pension and what have you. So yeah. it's all about these different, you know, working class people that are, are then confronted by these ridiculous events. Uh, and in the episode that myself and Jack were in, I played... Yeah one half of these two lads that were really down on their luck um, and decide that they're going to rob a bookies. Uh, but it's Christmas time um, and they happen to live in a world where zombies now just exist, but people are getting on with it. Um, and, you know, there's, it's all, it's all a bit crazy, but Jack plays um, a punter in this, in this bookies who is actually gambling on um, <laughs> um, a sort of UFC style zombie fight right <laughs> uh, that's on the telly he's gambling on that and he gets caught up in this whole thing of these two idiots who try and rob the bookies while he's there oh, yeah. um, but i have to say i couldn't believe it. I, I was first of all what a lovely dude like really nice guy and then i said to him actually on the last because we were shooting for 
just over a week, I think. Uh, and I said to him on the last day that he was there, I just said, I, I, I found it hard to believe that it was his first, yeah. his first acting gig. Cause he, he did a great job. Um, uh, and he was, you know, he was, I, I think the thing with when people go into, especially with comedy as well, I think people tend to, if they've not had much experience in it, understandably, they, they tend to push and then end up doing sort of overacting, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, he was very dry and it was all lovely, you know, sort of lovely and un- underplayed and, uh, yeah, it was great. It came across great, and I think he'll, uh, I think he'll smash it. So, um, I said he should, he should be doing more, man. He should definitely be doing more. Yeah, he's a great Jack, guy. Jack is multi-talented. He's, he, you know, he's a stand-up comedian. He's a rapper. Yeah. He's a drummer. Uh, yeah. You know, there's not much that he can't do. So, yeah, no, I'm very happy yeah. for him that he's, uh, you know, ventured into some acting as well. Because like, and with his like stand-up and with with his rapping as well, you know, he's adopting a persona for those as well. You know, yeah, he's, he's, he's not technically Jack Johnson on stage, if you get what I mean. You know, no, um, absolutely not. Yeah, it, yeah absolutely not. Yeah, so yeah, it's all it's all performance, man, isn't it? It's all performance. Like you'll know from when you go on stage. Yeah, you'll put. Yeah, there'll be a persona that you put on for for performing in front of people. You know, it's it's the same. It's the same thing, isn't it? It's just, you know, where do you put that? You know, what channel do you go down with that? But uh, but no, he was a, he was a great guy, man, and I, I think actually. Uh, I, Again, I was sort of involved, sort of conceptually, with the production side of the whole series of Uncommon. Yeah. Um, and from what I've seen and from the chats I've had with Connor, um, I really think it's going to be a really good series. So, so keep an eye out for that one as well, because um, there's some the talent on on display across the board in all four episodes is just unbelievable as well. Yeah, so, um, yeah, worth looking for. Worth looking for. Very definitely. much looking forward to it. So, yeah, before we before we completely wrap up, um, sweet. What are your sort of immediate plans? I mean, you're probably gonna like you know get breakfast and stuff like that. But in terms <laughs> of like, in terms of yeah, because uh, thank you for like actually doing it at this time as well. Because it sounds like more uh, professional than it is. But I'm used to kind of interviewing like people in LA at like four in the morning. So like this is actually like yeah. a normal time. Oh mate, listen, but, no, this is uh, this is lovely, mate. Cool. Yeah, but because no because we are artists, you know. We we are usually in bed at this point, and uh, we don't we don't get out of bed for like less than twenty grand, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I'd get out for maybe twenty quid. That, uh, yeah. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so, um, do you have like immediate projects coming up, or is January kind of you know after Christmas and stuff kind of um, uh, traditionally maybe a dry period sort of thing? Or um, do you know what? In in previous years, January has been. Uh, fairly dry but actually um i'm taking a little bit of time now so i've had the last week off just after the whole pantomime madness yeah um and yeah i'm gonna I've, next week i've got to go out I, I didn't get a chance to see sort of mum and dad and all that sort of thing over christmas so yeah. um, that's the plan for next week and then i come back and actually i'm really excited because i start on a uh, on a second world war drama called the code okay um but that's with a, a london-based director called patrick Ryder, who if you google has basically won every award under the sun i mean this guy is like he's he's incredible um and so yeah we start on that and we're shooting um it's well it's, it's actually northern for a lot of the shoot we're shooting up in a cumbria for a large part of it yeah um and then we're down in london to do a little bit more on it but uh but yes yeah, so i'll start on that uh, at the end of the month um for a bit and then uh, I'm just waiting back to hear from a project actually, but there's, there's hopefully a project that I'm, I'm, I'm starting work on in, uh, in in Yorkshire as well. So that, that'll be in Feb. But uh, but yeah, so there's bits and bats, mate. Bits and bats. Stuff That's coming in. Really cool, man. Uh, well, at some point, I'm yeah. going to have to get you and Dale on together because uh, I think that'll be right. <laughs> yes, mate. <laughs> I, yeah, might, uh, I might not get a word in edgewise, but you know, it, I think it'll be fun. Um, yeah. uh, you probably get a lot of weird like noises as well, which you maybe could use in the future. You know, <laughs> just us, like, sort of, we do a lot of noises. I don't know what that's about, but there it is. But no, yeah, mate, that sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah, thank you for coming on. And um, we'll have to, when when you're free as well, me and Dale, like, it'd be cool to actually meet up and have a drink. Because I haven't seen Dale for ages as well. You know, we're gonna, Love it. He's in Iceland at the moment. Um, I know, mate. I know he's with the uh, he's with the lady, isn't he? He's with his missus. Yeah, um, yeah. That, well, that's what happens. Uh, so, you know, you, your band member ends up in a relationship. You never see them again, and you know you've lost him. You've yeah, lost him, mate. Basically. You've lost him. I know. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, but no, yeah. No, listen, mate. It's been a, it's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, thanks for thanks for chatting to me. And uh, yeah, good it's been good, mate. It's been good. Thank you. It's a 
song called Can't Talk to Anyone uh, and that was by Hux and the Hitmen, uh, formerly Huxley, Ritman and the Rusty Hitmen. Um, they streamlined the name and it's uh, less of a mouthful now and uh, yeah and they, and they just played uh, Hotel Cafe in uh, Los Angeles which is, I love that venue never got a chance to go when I was there but I would love to go next time, I would love to play it to be honest um, yeah, obviously I would love to play like the Greek or you know the LA Forum or whatever. But <laughs> Hotel Cafe, a lot of my heroes have played there. So um, 
their their link is below. Uh, do click on it. Do check them out. And uh, that was off the Big Stir Travelling International Roadshow uh, CD. Uh, they did a UK tour uh, last year after their IPO uh, appearance. Um, Rex and Christina, Rex Broom and uh, Christina Bulbenko, all previous guests. If you want to hear about the LA music scene, do check out the interview with Hooks and the interview with Rex and Christina and so many more, like guys from Jellyfish, um, you know, uh, record producers, all sorts that have, like, you know, record label owners um, that I've interviewed in the past. And, um, you know, I'm very, very lucky to be quite well connected and uh, have so many really, really cool friends. Um who are very supportive as well. Uh, yeah, so thank you to Jacob. Uh, that was a very, very fun interview. Um, we do talk wrestling, which is good. Um, and our upcoming guests, that's where I was going with that. If you are a wrestling fan and tuned in specifically for that reason, um, upcoming guests, next week I will be chatting to up-and-coming indie wrestler Irvin Legend. Now, we have chat, uh, talked before. Uh, we're going to be catching up with what he has been up to in the past year. He comes recommended by WWE legend Leilani Kai, one of my favourite lady wrestlers of all time. Um, I will be interviewing Leilani. Uh, in the very near future and I will also be interviewing Sam Houston um, and a couple of other former WWF names that I can't mention right now uh, but I'm uh, I'm quite excited to uh, be able to chat to them because they are heroes of mine so um, you know and a big part of my growing up and now let's face it because I don't really like anything past the year 1997 um, that, that includes like a lot of things uh, so yeah a lot of uh, really fun things coming up so thank you again to Jacob uh, do subscribe on iTunes if you are listening there um, I am looking to upgrade the quality of the show as well because I know like I've moved room basically and I sound a little bit echoey and stuff like that and you know I'm quite honest about it I use the Mac on the PC uh, uh, sorry the, the Mac on the PC fucking hell uh, the, <laughs> the mic on the Mac um and I think that's the beauty of podcasts, that anyone can do one and you don't need to have the best equipment. And I've been luckier than most, don't get me wrong, with the guests, with my awesome sponsors. Um, you know, if you would like to sponsor the show, I can create an advert for you and it will sound really good. Um, and, you know, I will help you try to get it out there a little bit, but obviously I will put it on the show as well. Um, I've had previous sponsors, um, you know, take part in that and i really appreciate it because again it helps pay some bills um and i believe in the products that i am lucky enough to help uh, promote so yes uh thank you again to jacob thank you to all the musicians who i have played on the show and thank you to you you wonderful beautiful listeners i am off to feed the cats and i will see you all next week goodbye goodbye goodbye, goodbye.